Hi, this is Jesse Chu. And Quinn Nguyen, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season four. We're here to share paper flower journeys, engage with makers and artists, support small creative businesses, and chat about our obsessions. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. We are so grateful that you're here. Make sure to hit subscribe and consider supporting us by writing a review. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Paper Talk Podcast. It's Jesse and Quinn again. And this today, we want to talk about... Well, let me back up a little bit. In the past few weeks, we've been talking about digital products and physical products on how to sell paper flowers. So today we kind of want to summarize everything and kind of give you our brain dump on how to round things out because both uh, Jesse and I, we sell digital and physical products. And if you want to listen again to the episode, if you missed it, episode 105, where we talked about physical products, and then episode 109 was when we talked about digital project products. Yeah, uh, we thought it'd be good to kind of extend this conversation to a separate episode because there mm-hmm. really are so many other things that you can sell and offer to your customers and your followers other than just physical paper flower products and digital ones. Exactly. Um, I mean, a prime example, um, Quinn, as a natural transition, right, of teaching Mm-hmm. And offering online goods, online products, you know, um, you offer templates, you offer kits. Tell us a little bit about how that transition came about and um, how you transitioned to that. Mm-hmm. So it was a natural progression right at the very beginning when I started doing paper flowers back in, oh my gosh, 2015. As soon as I started making it, all my friends went to know how I did it went about and did it. I mean, mm-hmm. I would show them, but then naturally they always like, Oh, can you cut this pedal? And I'll just like replicate it. And so that was the natural progression. It was like, it just a light bulb went off. It's like, Oh, I need to have this for anybody that I wanted to teach because it's mm-hmm. so much easier than just visually like, Oh, you just need to cut it pedal. And sure. what does that even mean to a new <laughs> beginner? <laughs> Especially when someone hasn't like deep dive, I feel like yeah. a natural paper florist is one that already loves flowers, have already taken apart flowers, have re-examined every teeny tiny piece to make sure that we replicate it as closely as possible. Yeah. The average student, you guys, do not do this. We're kind of like <laughs> the nerds, <laughs> which is really, really fun because I love understanding how all these pieces fit together. So when I recreate paper flowers, I know exactly how that piece of Metal, that paper fits in to create the optical illusion of a flower about to unfurl itself. I find that so magical. Mm-hmm. And then as I was doing all this and teaching just my friends and it just became a natural progression. And they were like, oh, can you just make me a little package so I can take it home? That way I can recreate it after I learn from you. I was like, mm-hmm. it just made a lot of sense. And sure. so I had all the supplies because, you know, when you order paper flowers, you can't order one, you always <laughs> order multiple because you never know what you're going to need and yeah. what you're going to make in the future. So you order or this color, that color. So I had extra supplies. It was easy for me to like put them together. And the thing is that I always love is presentation. I think that's a really key when you're selling things to other people is you want to make it appealing and you want to make it look pretty because you have to admit most of our market is female-based. And I would say the average female, we love pretty things. It just makes things so much more appealing and more fun to buy and unbox everything because who doesn't love like, Ooh, 
what's the goodie that you have inside the box? And when it's pretty, people are very careful about opening up the flap. I find that very, very fun. And I, I fall into the trap, you know, little kids, they love watching YouTube and they see all these amazing toys unboxing. Mm -hmm. I fall in trap where I'm watching over my shoulder of my niece and nephew and they're watching something and you can learn a lot. You guys about (laughs) these kids unboxing things. It's the anticipation. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, what are they getting? What color is it? How big Mm -hmm. is it? (laughs) You know, watch those. I mean, YouTube university is a great avenue. If you don't know how to do certain things, watch what other people are doing because you can learn a lot from them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's such a natural request from new crafters who don't have a crepe paper, who don't know how to get crepe paper, who don't, you know, have those magical scissors or they don't have mm-hmm. stem wire. Um, their natural question is, you know, how can I, how, how can I do this easily? You know, yeah. because that is the barrier. I think that is the hurdle. Why people don't want to adopt new crafts is because they don't have access to the supplies or they don't know where to start. And so by handing them just a tutorial, whether it's a written tutorial or a video, they still have to go and get it themselves. Um, so I think it's, I mean, in the ideal world, you'd be able to create these kits, you'd be able to create um, templates that people could just buy um, and ship them to them yeah. as one package. It really is an experience like what you're talking about. They're yeah. un- unpackaging, they're unboxing experience and also a creating experience, you know, getting these products, cre- um, watching your video or reading your instructions, putting this flower together and bam, you're done. And they're so popular. These types of craft boxes, they're so popular nowadays and subscriptions and, you know, Mm -hmm. you can find whatever craft you want and learn it. And it's all just in this box. It's kind of like that box represents magical transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Transformation. And once you get this box and you open everything and you do it, you're suddenly like your world's totally different now. (laughs) There's like more beauty in this world. And I think it's such a powerful transformation and a powerful offering, right? It's a fantastic offering for your customers. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I think we should also talk about the reason why a lot of people don't offer these types of kits and supply kits. Um, And I mean, Quinn, you do the grunt work in, you know, sourcing all of it and then actually having to package everything and then ship everything out and storing Um, everything. That's a big thing. A lot of people don't think about is where do you store everything and how are you storing it in a way that it doesn't, because, you know, crepe paper, you want to make sure that it's not in sunlight because that will change the color of the paper. So do you have a safe place in your house that is, you know, temperature driven and sunlight driven? water driven, you know, no water, no sun. Um, You want to make sure that if you're keeping these supplies over months at a time, that they're in great condition when the customer receive it. You don't want that glue bottle to be dried up because Mm -hmm. you didn't check the seal and you didn't test, you know, you have to do quality control, even Mm -hmm. though you're getting it from a vendor who did the quality control. You have the responsibility of quality control, keeping it. So that way when you pass it on to the customer, they will open it like brand new and fresh. Mm -hmm. Something to to keep, think think about. And also a lot of people, they don't configure in the shipping costs of 
those wholesale products being delivered to you and the shipping costs of you sending out to the customer itself. Those are a lot of shipping and also a lot of expenses that I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people are not computing in there. So Mm -hmm. think about that when you're computing and figuring out the final price of these kits. And your time. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but shipping is not my favorite thing. A lot of people don't like shipping for so many reasons, (laughs) but shipping is not just shipping, but like you putting everything together, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not going to buy like separate packages of stem wire and you're going to buy a whole box, you're going to need to separate it out. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have to throw everything together. Make sure like everything is in that box. You got to double check, triple check and label everything as well. Because when people are going to open it up and be like, I don't know what these things are. I don't exactly. know what the stem wire <laughs> gauge yes. is. What gauge is this? What gauge is this? <laughs> and you want to make it pretty. So are you going to invest the money up front in getting pretty boxes? Or are you going to have generic boxes, but you're going to put stickers on it and you're going to have mm-hmm. to wrap up the tissue? Are you going to, there's so it's so labor intensive. Are you going to have to hire somebody? Um, And are they going to have to come by? And then like you were talking about storage, like Mm. how do you know how much you have to order? How do you know how much you need to keep in storage? Are people even going to buy your product? You're going to make it. Um, There's yeah. Logistically, there's just so much on the back end Mm -hmm. that if you are you know, trying to sell, I mean, you want to sell a lot, right? That's the whole point. You want to sell a lot so you can make more money, but selling a lot also means you're constrained by, you're limited really by Mm -hmm. your own two hands. Um, And so, and then now like Quinn, we're talking about shipping as well. I hope you guys are not, you know, I hope you guys, when you're selling this stuff, you're, you're not um, including the shipping in there because people expect to pay shipping. So charge them for shipping <laughs> mm-hmm. and just do it separately. Honestly, I um just do it separately because that mm-hmm. cost, it doesn't go to you. And they know that they know it doesn't go to you. They know mm-hmm. it goes to the courier um, and their cost. So they can't, they're not going to blame you for charging them X amount. Um, but Quinn, I remember you talking about when you were trying to ship things internationally, some of like, it was really expensive. And it was so expensive. It was like guys. the cost. Was it like the cost of the box or more or something like that? It was way more than the box. <laughs> it was just like, it, is it valuable for the customer? Is it valuable for me? I have to say, I, I definitely put up flags to the international shippers. Like, I just want to let you know the shipping is going to cost you more than the value of the box. And if you want, I can get you resources in the EU for where mm-hmm. you can purchase it. And it might be a lot cheaper, but sometimes a, a shipper will tell me, I really want to support you. I don't mind paying the shipping Yeah, as long as that's taken care of and I will ship it out to them. But otherwise I, I would feel naturally bad. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're paying so much for this. And of course, you know, I would always tuck in extra goodies in there because I feel bad, but you know what? In reality, I mean, I tell myself this, I shouldn't do it, but I don't follow that rule. I'm going to do it because I just naturally feel bad for people. So I'm overvaluing the box more. And then it turns around, my profit margin goes way down. Mm -hmm. So that's something to think about. Are you sending this box out for free at this point? (laughs) Yes, Chip. We don't even know this person. I mean, I would definitely do it for a friend. And I feel like most of my customers do turn out to be my friend and doing those little extra steps help. But if you want to be a true entrepreneur, 
you cannot do that. <laughs> your margin. It's and so true. I know I'm like kicking myself, but it's like, you know what? I just can't do it because morally I just feel really bad. And so it's just like this thing that goes round and round in my head. I guess when it becomes a decision, a business decision yes, where you sit exactly. down and you're like, is it worth my time? Is it worth mm-hmm. their money? Like what are the chance? How many, what's the percentage of, you know, your followers who are international yes. who will actually buy the product? Maybe yep. it's like a minuscule percent. Okay. Maybe don't serve them with this particular product. Maybe it's not worth it for mm-hmm. them and for you because yep. of your guilt. Exactly. <laughs> and also because because eventually you're going to have no profit margin on their boxes anyways. Yes. So it's not favoring anybody. Yeah. Um, so maybe, I just yeah. ended up cutting it out. Yeah. I didn't want that decision to fall on me to be and feel guilty about it after it's like, yeah. I'm just going to cut it out. So that's exactly. something that's, that you need to think about, even though you're having like a large percentage, maybe if you have in that particular situation, just take that decision out of your hand and not offer yeah. it. <laughs> I just be like, just within the US or within wherever the UK or something like that. I don't exactly. think people are going to um be hard on you because you're not offering <laughs> it internationally. They might be disappointed, but yes. I, I think it's totally understandable why. Like mm-hmm. it's out of your control, right? Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. also other issues too. I mean, if you think about it, yes. shipping internationally, there could be duties and mm-hmm. there are usually taxes, and those are yeah. obviously charged by the government, their government. So those on top of it you can't control and it could be a sticker shock really when they get it. Um, So there's always a chance of that too. So um, yeah, some things to think about when you're shipping internationally, not to mention that sometimes it takes like weeks and months to get to someone. I know. It's really tough. It's mind boggling to me how I, I really would love to talk to a shipping person, like somebody from UPS or FedEx, if they could just like come to our little podcast and talk about the logistic of this, we yeah. would be so, it would, reach out to us. <laughs> yeah. We would love to talk to you and kind of explain this because we do a lot of shipping and we're really curious about the logistic behind this. It's really mind boggling to me how much, I mean, we know there's a lot of things there's, you know, paying for deliveries, paying for the mechanics to like shift all those different boxes, but also how do you train your people so they mm-hmm. doesn't get messed up? Because we do see and hear these horror stories where people are not mindful of the boxes because, you know, once it's out of our control into your hands, we don't have any control on how it ends up in the customer hand. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets really like there's a hole in the box, which I, yeah. I've received one. I'm like, how is this even possible? What happened? And yeah. there's no explanation. You kind of just accept what happened. And you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, is it damage? Is it not? <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things that are out of your hand when you're shipping. Um, but I, I, I totally understand the... Um, that feeling though of knowing that oh I need to ship something out it's like it is a special ship uh feeling even as the shipper because you're creating this beautiful product and you know that it's going to make someone super happy so there is a special relationship when you actually physically like hand this box over to you know the postal office and knowing like oh my gosh like someone's going to have an amazing time when they receive it yeah. Uh, it's a gift, right? It feels like a gift, even though they're paying for yeah. it. But you still, because everything's <laughs> handmade and like handpacked, you still feel like, oh, I'm giving somebody something. Like there still is that kind of really um, special feeling that digital products with the click of a mm-hmm. button just doesn't have. Yeah. Um, so, so I totally also get why, you know, 
you might think, oh my God, I'm so successful now because I'm shipping things out, (laughs) which is like when I got there, I was like, oh, I love this. And then afterwards I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) One thing, one trick you guys, one of the reasons why I hated shipping was because people would like order. So a couple of years ago, I uh, released some gift wraps. Uh, Wonderful. But people would like order them at different times. And so I'd be like, oh, I got to get these out. Like I want to ship it out ASAP because I don't want people to feel like, well, you know, like what's taking so long. So yeah, I would like yeah. ship it out like the day after, but I was doing, I literally was packing and shipping like every single day. And that made me realize that I can't do that because it sucks up so much of my time, like mm-hmm. every single day if I pack. So, um, in the future, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm only going to designate one or two days a week where I'm just doing shipping. Mm-hmm. And that's a trick you yeah. guys, <laughs> that if yes. you're finding that it's, you know, because it's kind of like when you pick up something and then you put it down and you do something else, there's always these interruptions and the interruptions are what really like uh, kills your time. So if you've only got a designated one day or two days or maybe half a day, let's say, um, Mm -hmm. where you're just doing shipping, people will wait. It's fine. You know, put it on your listing, let them know. I only ship out on X days they'll be fine with it. It's when you you tell them like, yeah, like you got to set those expectations. It's when you don't tell them when you're like, oh, it's going to be shipped out within 48 hours and you actually don't do it. Then people are going to be like, wait, what happened? But if you actually set it out in your listing, people will know, people will understand, or maybe not just in the listing, maybe in their invoice as well. Just a reminder, Mm -hmm. you know, I ship out on X day and X day. So if you (laughs) purchased it on the day before, you're going to get it right away. But if you purchase it at the end of the week, you might have to wait till the weekend's over or something like that. Yeah. And people I will love be fine that. With Put it. it on your invoice. And yeah. when you do the follow-up, it's like, thank you so much for buying. And then just kind of like, this is what you purchased. Let's let you know, I'll be shipping out X amount a day. And you guys do this as a template, copy and paste it, put it in your notes. That way you can just copy it, change a little bit and make it personalized, but it will make your life so much easier. One thing that I've done is when I ship things out or email people, I have email templates now mm-hmm. where I just state, these are the policies. So I don't have to like rethink about how I'm saying things to people over and over again, or forgetting certain things. Cause that's the yeah. really important key part. Yeah. Um, did we touch upon pre-orders? From I don't think the, we have yet. Yeah, maybe we should talk about that because w- when you were talking about the kits and buying things and sourcing things, mm-hmm. one way to control how much you need to buy is by doing pre-orders. Exactly. Yeah. So what are pre-orders? They're quite popular nowadays. <laughs> it is. <laughs> about it. So let's, let's talk about Awesome Blossom. One thing at the very beginning when we were considering Awesome Blossom was the Posy box was going to ship things out. But then as I saw the imports and the demand, I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to take this responsibility on. I want to make sure that my vendors, that our sponsors are getting the actual money. And I was like, I don't mind at all. And it's like, I wanted to focus more on creating the tutorial, the digital product of it. But we actually launched Awesome Blossom way in advance of when we were actually going to drop everything. Because one of it was for the posy box to be able to order all the different supplies and to be able to package and ship everything out. But because I took that off the thing, it actually gave our vendors a little bit more time to get everything lined up so they could do it. 
And that's one thing that you can consider if you're buying supplies for the pre-orders, or if you're going to do like, let's say Valentine's is coming up, maybe do the opening of it three months in advance and say, Hey, if you want your Valentine orders to be able to receive in time for Valentine's, especially with all the shipping and people are going to understand this to say, Hey, this is my cutoff day. If you want your Valentine order, you need to make sure that you give me your order by this date. Otherwise, I'm not going to be accepting any orders closer to that date. And this will give you a chance to order your supplies, to create that timeline, to be able to say, I'm working only eight hours, Monday Mm -hmm. through Friday, instead of, you know, working throughout the whole night, which we all done people to Mm -hmm. meet the deadlines. This just gives you a better, you know, work line. And also it makes your customer like alleviates all the stress. Like I know Mm -hmm. I already placed my order and now it's up to responsibility of the creator to actually get it out in time, which you should be able to, since you're giving yourself three months. Yeah. Work backwards. Yeah. So what we did was um, we collaborated with our sponsors so that they could create bundles of crepe paper and materials or supplies that they sell um, that would work with our tutorials and the online courses that we were selling. So the flowers, so particular mm-hmm. flower needed X amount of paper, our, our um, sponsors would be able to create that bundle for that tutorial. Um, but one of the things that was... Um, uh, problematic for them, and particularly Cart Finney, was mm-hmm. because of the shipping. It takes time for them to order from Europe, Italy, and for that that huge container to arrive takes weeks on a to arrive. Yeah, on a boat, literally on a boat to arrive in you know, I guess LA, in the port mm-hmm. in LA. And now yep. that we know that we're they're also having issues with unloading containers. Um, there were issues with that too, and so in order for um, Mike, to ensure that there's enough paper, what we had suggested to him was that he could create these bundles online. People would order them, but they won't receive the paper yet. So it would clearly state on um, the website that these are pre-orders only, meaning that you're, he's taking orders so that he knows exactly how much he might need to order from Italy yep. or how much he might need to reorder because you know his inventory is low. Yep. So um, what was important was that people understood what that meant, <laughs> even though we still had questions about it. But essentially it means you click buy, but you don't get it right away. He's not going to ship it to you right away. He's going to have, let's say on his website, it's this three week, let's say a three week timeline where you, he'll start shipping it out three weeks later. And that's mm-hmm. just to coordinate with the shipping shipment coming into his um, into his warehouse and him mm-hmm. the timeline it takes for him to ship it out. Um, so pre-orders are really popular right now with crafters, mm-hmm. especially with um, people who make a lot of a quantity of an item. Exactly. Um, the open only a certain number of slots open. So for example, if I, I have three flowers for, I don't know, the spring, it's uh, daffodil, it's um, uh, scari and tulip. I'm going to open up 10 spaces for each, meaning I'm only going to make 30 flowers. And once those you know, people click on it and pre-order and all those 30 spaces are gone. That's it. And so that's pre-order. What it does is it helps you know how many you have to make. It's the same thing with kits, right? So if you want to know how many kits I need for Black Friday or the holidays, let's say, I'm going to pre-order. You only get, I don't know, either they all run out. (laughs) So you can set a (laughs) limit, like only 50. Once they're sold out, that's it. Or you could do a time frame. You know, you could say like, oh, one week only. Um, 
here's the sale. After the week, I close up. You know, you can't buy anymore. At the end of the week, you'll know how many you need to make, how many kits you need to make because you would have sold X amount on pre-orders. And as long as like on your website, you indicate that it's not shipped out right away, that it's going to be shipped out, X, you know, two weeks, three weeks from now, people mm-hmm. will be totally fine. But it's such a great way to control um, what you need to do without pre-buying, pre-creating, um, and being able to kind of coordinate with any supplies or materials that you might need. Yeah. So it's an increasingly popular way of selling your goods. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you got any of you guys have experience with that, we'd love to hear about it. We, we, well, I haven't started doing that obviously because um, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't do kits and stuff, but I also haven't been doing collections yet. But um, it definitely was something that we were working on in Awesome Blossom. And I think it I think it was pretty, it worked out really well for Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, and the customers too, to be honest, because then he knew how much he had to order in pastels and get them to people on time. So, um, but yeah, it's that's a really good way of managing um, your client's expectations and also managing your end without like, you know, spending a lot of money. Cause I mean, with supplies and materials, you're putting up a lot of money up front, right? Let's be honest. You're going to need a line yes. of credit <laughs> exactly. or something. You're going to need a credit line um, to fund all that cost before people mm-hmm. actually pay for it. But wouldn't it be good if you got paid for it before you actually <laughs> paid for the supplies? Exactly. Pre-order is a way to do that. And also a lot of wholesale company one will tell you you need a minimum. And so if you don't know the exact number and you're like, oh my gosh, I need five more. You need to run out to a brick and mortar to be able to purchase it because they won't allow you to buy the five pieces for wholesale costs. So <laughs> now you're spending even more money to cover that. So you need really need to know your numbers and how much you're going to be spending out of pocket beforehand. And hopefully you are, you're not going to be spending money pocket out of, you know, afterwards <laughs> because you didn't calculate the demand, which is yeah. an awesome thing, you guys. But, <laughs> yes. A lot of think about when you're an entrepreneur. Stressed. You're probably yeah. like stressed out that you're like, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, one last thing I know. Uh, Uh, when we were going through paper to profit, a lot of people were talking about craft spaces and uh, we're going to be talking to, uh, we, no, we did talk to Arlene, sorry, Arlene rest um, about her brick and mortar store. Mm -hmm. Very inspirational. I think it's everyone's dream to like make paper flowers and then open up a shop and a craft space. And um, so if you guys haven't listened to that episode, make sure you do that's episode 110. Yep. And also you guys um, check out the Blossom Planter uh, live that we that we did on, when did we do that? It was a Wednesday. In November on, 3rd. Yes. November so 3rd. Guys, check that out because you actually get a tour of Arlene's shop. How amazing is that? I know. It's so cool. All right. I think we're going to end this conversation and have another one another day. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to us. And we're so happy that you're with us. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. 
Today's episode is sponsored by our patrons: Eileen Lim, Maria Van White, Lenny McDowell, Jennifer Desplantes, Robin Bonnie Slipper, Laura Willie, Martha Tokas, Nina, Linda Drysdale, Lucinda, and Tina Proctor. We appreciate your donation, and we're excited to keep creating content for our paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com/papertalk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there.